0: You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 95. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, aka Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by who? Who is this man? The pla- prod of PlayStation, Sean Babiak. What the heck is going on there? sean uh
1: i am alive occasionally uh
0: not fully though <laughs> not fully but i
1: do like being called the play of pride station
0: the, pl- <laughs> the play of pride station playstation pride Station, whatever uh <laughs> and we are also joined over live air roro is joining us while driving again Yes, coming
2: to you live from the 401 eastbound. (laughs)
0: Uh, Roro, we also have our guest host, Gage, rejoining us this week, uh, at Gilbo Baggins on Twitter. I almost said Baggins, Gilbo Baggins for some reason. Uh, How are you, Gage?
3: I'm doing really well. I'm not on the 401, so that means I am at least three points, you know, uh, less stressful than uh, Roro right now.
0: (laughs) i guess that's fair (laughs) uh uh, thank you to everyone who is watching us live and participating in the chat just as a reminder we are live each and every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern time on youtube Just search podcast PXN and you will find us on there as well as twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is our thoughts on games being played on easy and if that matters for reviewers and for game reviews. But first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Guys, the first item on our PXN news of the week is Netflix is planning to offer video games in the future to expand from TV and movies. Uh, I thought this was very fascinating, kind of hot off the press. Uh, Gage sent that to me. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, My only question with this is, is this going to be another uh, Google Stadia or Amazon Luna? Or is this going to be like them teaming up with someone like Xbox with Game Pass uh, over over xCloud or uh, them teaming up with one of the other service providers? What do you guys think? Do you guys think that Netflix is going to try to build their own service here, Sean?
1: Um, I a thousand percent agree with kind of what your first thing was, was teaming up. Um, I'm not saying that Netflix can't do it on their own because obviously they took down they took down movie rentals in general on their own. Um, so I mean, if you can do that, that was a staple for homes everywhere. You can probably not fail at most things, but I just don't. I don't see anybody saying like, "Hey, I'm gonna log on to Netflix to game or something like that, or some exclusive games that they might get." Besides, maybe something Witcher related, uh, being with how deep they're diving into that from WitcherCon. But I definitely see that. I don't think, though, Xbox... um, I could actually see maybe Sony jumping in on this deal more so because Xbox has kind of already established themselves in this whole market. Um, It was a few weeks ago we were talking about whatever the Microsoft stick is going to be called for not having an Xbox in general and just being the game off of that. I don't really think Netflix helped them in that sense. True. And as we know from the pandemic, their numbers went up. As far as subscribers for Netflix, but it has gone down considerably based upon other uh, places having different types of streaming. Disney Plus, uh, Hulu, Amazon, HBO Max having all these movies now that premiere day and date. So it's and Netflix isn't the only king on the hill anymore. Basically,
0: Gage, you have thoughts on this?
3: Yeah, no, I um I agree with with, with a lot of what uh, Sean said. My I, I think this has a very slim chance of working out. Um, in general, I think it has 0% chance of working out if it if this comes with a price uh, increase as well. So if they are... If they have a game section where now you have to, uh, you know, pay like instead of uh, I don't know what the American pricing is, but let's say it's you know ten ninety nine or or eleven ninety nine, and it, to access the games now is fifteen ninety nine, I can guarantee you nobody's thinking to themselves, well, I'll pay an extra five bucks and I'll play it on Netflix because Sean's exactly right. Xbox you, you, Xbox already has a service for that, a well established. Sony, uh, I mean, the, the technology is not as great, but Sony's had PlayStation now for quite a while as well, so I don't see anyone thinking to themselves, you know, I'm gonna forego any possible Achievements or trophies, and I'm gonna play it on Netflix. Um, doesn't it doesn't line up with? Uh, yeah, no, I I don't think it's gonna work out, and I do think this is probably something that's gonna go the way of Stadia or Luna or the countless other streaming sort of ideas that have come up and and sort of dwindled away. So, I, I, yeah, I, didn't I
1: think when you just said the achievements and stuff like that, like that's that's actually a huge seller for me, Daniel. I know you and I had this conversation before. When it comes to third party games, getting those trophies on my PlayStation, like that's kind of actually a huge driver for completionists in me. Right. Yeah.
3: And even even myself who's on PC, like if I if there's a game exclusive to Epic Games, you know, I'm not prideful enough to not buy it. But like I do notice myself where it's like I won't even put as much effort into a game on Epic Game Store as I will on Steam because I, I don't care about there's no achievements currently on Epic, right? So yeah. even even people at a casual level, I think um yeah I don't see them anyone picking Netflix over Xbox Cloud especially if does, does Netflix come up with their own controller do you play this with the with your TV room like there's so many logistics to work <laughs> out where I just don't see either way it's going to cost somebody money to play games on Netflix at which point you might as well just
0: go to Game Pass I just I just want to see somebody play like an FPS with the Netflix remote that would be hilarious I got I got it. let me see what again? are your thoughts on that? <laughs> sorry uh what are what are your thoughts on the the netflix games no you're good yeah
2: i i am of two minds where i can see this working because of things that sean just said like how well they took down like renting and dvd with the tv market i feel like if anything they could be successful in this in this market too if the price is right and Because I feel like Game Pass and a lot of the subscription services in gaming are kind of inspired by the TV streaming stuff, like Netflix and stuff like that. But now, there's a lot of competition, like Gage was saying, that Netflix has to come up against as for when it was the TV stuff, it was just them kind of leading the path at the beginning. So they've got a lot more uh, to be up against, but I I definitely think that they could do it. I, I, I am interested. But like you all said, Xbox Game Pass is already so good. Why would you? What's the reason for wanting to be on uh, Netflix? So, yeah, it's, there's definitely a lot of questions that I'd like to have answered before I'm fully gung ho on this, but I'm definitely interested.
0: For sure. For sure. Uh, guys, the next news story we have, uh, I thought this was kind of. Uh, a little bit disappointing so that's why i put it in here and uh gauge being on here helps me out with this as well because being another halo fan uh so halo infinite's insider plan is essentially uh, been kind of posted online by uh, one of 343's community managers john unishek uh and essentially what he's saying is um Registering for the Halo Insider program does not guarantee an invite to the Halo Infinite multiplayer technical previews. That said, it's better to see green check marks on your profile, and he's just meaning like completing your profile. And please check your account and send this to a friend so they're ready too. But uh I did feel like this was pretty important because the problem I have with this is is like you know for a fact that 343 is going to make sure all the big streamers and all the big, you know, YouTubers and all of them have access to this preview uh, insider program for Halo Infinite. And if you're telling all of your fans to go on your website and sign up for this manual sign up process in order to do this, and you're basically saying, well, you may not be able to play, well, you may not be selected, that's super disappointing. Because if I'm, if I'm sitting here watching Twitch and watching someone playing Halo Infinite, and I'm literally one of the biggest fans, and, and you as well, Gage, uh, if we have to sit there and watch someone else play it and we can't play it ourselves, that's going to be so frustrating because of this random picking system, essentially, that they seem to be going with and I just don't know that that's the best solution either because, like, in these test environments, you want to have as many players as possible to break your game and with Halo Infinite going free to play, like, that's super important. You're going to have a lot of people on day one playing this game. Like, you have to have a big test audience to make sure that your game doesn't break. Absolutely. Uh, Gage?
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. so, uh, It's so, so this is the problem with video games is that video games are absolutely art. And that's the thing that I'm going to bring up with our topic of the show later. But, um, and the people who make them are artists, but the problem is that similar to movies and TV shows, and Christian would be able to back this up if he, if he was here is that aside from the artists and the, and the final product of the art, everything else around it is business. So you're absolutely right. They're going to, I wouldn't even say three for three, but Xbox is going to make sure that all the big YouTubers, whether they're Halo fans or not. Are gonna get access to this game. That's a certain. And then everyone else. This is the problem with with, with what I have with this with this whole like uh, being unclear about who's getting in and who's not. Is that um, you know you have to go through and make a Halo Insider account and actually opt in for this stuff. And on PC, it's actually a little bit more complicated than that. You actually have to run diagnostics and send your PC specs and and do some stuff there. So my my whole thinking is that. You know, not everybody's gonna do that. the The pool can't be that large that you can't just let either, like you said, everybody in and and also get a stress test as well as feedback. Um, but if that's not the case, I would like some clarity. Is this a Is this a hundred percent RNG? Because if so that would suck for somebody like myself who's created my Halo waypoint account back in like 2010 yeah. and you know have and I, like, I mean they would have no way of knowing if you've played since CE but people like you and I we have played since CE and we absolutely love this franchise so if you and I miss out due to RNG and somebody who's whose only Halo game is Halo 5 which to me is like almost blasphemy if 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 you know people like that are are getting in And, you know, you and I are stuck on the sidelines simply due to RNG. That's going to absolutely suck, especially since Halo Infinite um, 343 has taken the stance where we're bringing it back to its roots. This is Halo. You know, this is this is our this is our reimagining of what Halo can be. And it's like, well, then shouldn't you have like, you know, classic Halo fans in there to like give you some feedback and... Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's upsetting. Uh, I, they haven't said specifically. Like they, All they said so far is that, you know, not everybody's getting in. I do think it's probably just RNG or however they do that, which is upsetting. And, yeah, I think that, if anything, they should maybe take into account and look. Like, okay, well, this guy, somebody here signed up for Halo Waypoint uh, yeah. June 2021, and this guy signed up for Halo Waypoint, you know, September of 2010. You know, I, I hope there is yeah. a little bit of priority. I know that sounds super entitled, but, you know, it, it's... I-
0: And I agree with you. I I hope or even like people who have tested Master Chief Collection, even in the insider program, like give people that have done that guaranteed access, because that's not a huge pool of people. And like, I don't know, I, I definitely feel like they need to do something to make sure like that the long term fans like get access to this.
3: Right, even if it means having a th- like a third pool system where it's like okay, a, you know, if they have say 10,000 slots available for this beta, okay. you know, 5,000 are going to streamers and YouTubers, that's fine. And then make sure like maybe 3,000 of the remainder goes to people who have created their account at least X amount of years in the past. Yeah. And then 2,000 will 2,000 of those slots can be completely RNG. Something like that. I would yeah. be happy to know if they're even taking that into account at all.
0: Yeah. Uh Sean and Roro, I know you guys aren't you know, huge Halo fans, but I know this is a, an important subject. So, uh, w- what are your guys' thoughts on this? Well, I mean, it sucks for you guys. I hate
1: to say it, just like <laughs> to kind of break it down that far, <laughs> but it, it just, I, I know how excited um, everyone is for this game. And I am looking forward to playing it in the fall because it is something that I do actually want to uh, play. Plus, Xbox, Game Pass, all that stuff. But I kind of think it's, it's really shitty that we have to com- com- complain or whatever the word I'm trying to look for is with YouTube personalities and all that. Because we've we've talked about this before. I like to watch certain streaming, but I don't necessarily put that much stock into it. But I know a lot of gamers these days do. And I just think that's crappy that, like, for possibility of gamers like you guys that have been around since the franchise has been a baby could possibly not get into it because of these newer people that aren't that inept to Halo just because they have a higher streamer count will. Uh, In my eyes, it's not the bigger people that you have to worry about that are going to want to play the game. They're going to play the game regardless. It just depends on what they're going to get paid. You guys are the audience for that. You guys are the audience for also the redemption arc as well. Like, you just mentioned, Halo 5 would be a travesty. That was their first game. Like, Hmm. 343 has to redeem themselves in the eyes of the Halo community when it comes to this game. And so far, it seems like they're on the right track, but... I don't know, that I feel like that's probably leaving a bad taste in your mouth right now. Yeah.
0: Real?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it like Sean was saying, it sucks that we have to like the hardcore that they have to compete with the streamers and stuff. And it's it's like Gage was saying, like the business side is kind of persevering a little bit more in this situation. Um where the reason that they're not doing well, I think clarity would be nice, like Gage was saying, like to let us know what slots are being filled by whom. But, like, the RNG thing is is probably what's going to happen because they, you know, they don't have to do the other thing. Like, uh, going back and seeing the the dates of when people started, like, why do that when we could just do RNG and just get it over with that way instead of doing the extra manpower and all that stuff? But it would be nice because of the, the way that 343 is... Right now, like Sean was saying, to get uh, some goodwill back and stuff like that. But it, yes. like it, like you guys are saying, it, it would suck if I just sign up for Halo Ins- Insider today and I get in and you guys don't. Like yeah. that, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah
1: like I always want to sign up for you guys and give you my gamer tag just so you guys can play it if by some chance you yes. don't get it. Yes.
3: yes. Right. right. Yes, do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make, make two while you're at it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh anyways, moving on. Phil Spencer guys has said uh actually on the kind of funny games
2: cast I think is what it was. I was listening to it
0: today, yeah. Yes uh phil has said that the, the uh, series s and x controller will probably get updated in the future uh and he really likes the dual sense haptics that sony did with the dual sense controller so i thought that was really cool and uh i think i i, I don't want to speak for everyone but i feel like everyone will be on board with this like this is such a a no-brainer because that that technology in the dual sense is so cool and uh, is definitely a, a generational leap in terms of controller whereas microsoft played it a little more safe and was like here's the next xbox one controller uh but uh yeah what, what were your guys's thoughts on uh, on phil saying this it, it makes
1: sense i mean we, we've been they, they've both companies have been open about borrowing ideas um obviously we wish to Sony would borrow the, idea you know, Game Pass a little quicker than they have been recently, but, I mean, this makes sense for them to go down this route uh, to... Sony didn't... I-, I wouldn't say they changed the world with their controller, but they definitely made waves to make sure that they separated themselves from the PS4 generation with this controller, and, unfortunately, I know that's not what Xbox's mentality is, because they want everyone to enjoy their games, but I do think that separates you with what you're able to do, Um, especially it, it gives you that almost two extra buttons with that haptic feedback, which is not only cool to do, but also like the feel of stuff. Um, as far as like bow and arrows and that stuff, like you're pulling it back or Ratchet and Clank is a really great example as far as like different types of firing speed or firing modes. And it just gives you that option to choose more so how you want to play that game as opposed to just, Hey, I'm just going to pull the right trigger and then I'll be good to go.
0: Agreed.
3: Yeah, I, I think I think some people were disappointed that there wasn't a bigger leap uh, between generations because really the the Series X controller and the and the and the one generation are almost identical aside from some textured grips and the third uh, share button on the face. But um, I think I think this might be a case of our generation and just wanting new things because I, I do remember when Xbox One and PS4 came out. Everyone and their mother was saying how, you know, the Xbox One is pretty ergonomically perfect and there's not really much to improve. And, and they listened, right? Like, that's just the thing. They listened and they kind of didn't really add anything to it. So I think there is room for improvement in terms of internal battery. I think that the... the and this is kind of like a, uh, I guess, a preference thing. But in in my eyes, I think that the internal battery is just way more consumer friendly and um i think that's if i, if I can think of one thing off the top of my head that they actually could change it would be that but i will say i'm a little i'm a little hesitant about xbox trying something like haptic feedback because while well, xbox has been making a lot of great moves and phil spencer has like I'm, this has been said a million times phil spencer has done an amazing job turning the ship around um I did. I I've worked at EB games and you know what the Xbox uh, elite controllers are like the most returned thing for defects of anything. And uh, it's totally anecdotal. I know that I don't, my, my experience doesn't represent the the product as a whole, but I do know that it's one of those things where almost the majority of my friends who got one, it broke at some point. And the, and like I said, when I was working at EB games, which is by the way, the Canadian equivalent it's a sister company of GameStop. It's the same company, just different branding. Um, yeah, we got we got returns of those left, right and center. And uh, so I'm, I'm I'm immediately hesitant of Xbox doing something like Haptic Feedback because they do have a track record of selling a quote unquote premium product that really just has a chrome finish, but is kind of just the same quality product of the regular controller. So I'm a bit worried in that sense, but I, I would like to see an internal battery at a somewhat uh, of an upgrade or at least an option. But yeah, yeah.
0: Ruh-ruh.
2: Yeah, I, I was listening to this episode today and I, I remember seeing the headline before I listened to the episode. I was like, oh, this is where it came from. So that was cool. But yeah, um, yeah I, I would definitely love to see this on Xbox's side. I mean, every time that I hear about PlayStation and the haptic feedbacks, it gets me so excited to eventually get one. So more games and more platforms that have that technology, I'm I'm totally down for. But like Gage was saying, I hope it's done correctly. So for sure. we don't have another Joy-Con drift situation on xbox's side where all the controllers are just like the bumper triggers are just like flying off all the, all over the place <laughs> we, don't, we don't want situations where we can yeah. but i think it's really great in that i as he was saying on the podcast uh that he likes when the industry is like boring off of each other and just sharing ideas and i think that's yes. definitely what we all want as, as gamers as well just to see the industry grow uh, techno- technologically and graphically and everything, everything in between so I, I'm totally down for it but at the same time, as Gage was saying as long as it's done well <laughs> Yeah
0: yeah. Uh, uh, to your point, Gage uh the elite the first elite controller was absolutely horrific and i had two of them that i had to send oh back and, and got back and i yeah it broke and i threw it away and i was like this was a waste of money but the series 2 elite controller was actually a lot better like the the components there were certain components in the first elite controller that that failed uh but that's another story but uh the other thing i will i will say I have seen a lot of people talk about what you said, Gage, about uh, internal battery versus, like, the ones that you pop in, and I get your perspective saying it's anti-consumer to not have an internal, but in my eyes, like, I see it as being anti-consumer not having the option to remove it because, like... My problem is, is like after so long, batteries degrade over time. So like no matter what, if it's internal or external, it's going to degrade over time. You're going to get less charge time out of it. So like what I wish, the only thing I wish is that Microsoft would include a rechargeable battery pack that uh, they sell with the controller. That's my problem that they don't include that with the controller. Um, But yeah. I think I think that's actually a
3: brilliant uh, happy medium, and 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 uh, like I said, I think this is one of those uh, situations where there isn't a correct right answer because I totally see that side of the argument. It's just I happen to fall on the side of like, okay, I'm done gaming for the night. Let me plug in my controller to my console and go to bed. And when I wake up, look at that, it's ready to go. I don't have to go buy you know Duracell or whatever. But um, even if yeah, even if they replace the two AA batteries that come stock with the controller and gave you an Xboxed brand rechargeable battery like you just said that's actually a brilliant idea and I think that would that would solve a lot of people's issues right there because then like you said you have the option to yeah. just continue to recharge it um, or you can you know use it once and when it's dead just kind of forget about it and just keep buying batteries right so Absolutely. that's yeah, yeah that, I
1: mean, they have a third party option for the recharger which I mean I grew up yeah. in the days of mad cats uh, oh my god really yeah stuff, so it's like I for me, I just, it's so hard for me to trust a third party peripheral of any system as opposed to the actual company. Uh, and, when it comes to something like a battery. So.
3: And you know, that that's a, that's a stigma that, again, from working at EB Games, that is a stigma that is alive and well. People will see, like, oh, like how come... And that was a question I did get a lot, is how come Xbox doesn't have rechargeable batteries? And I say, well, they don't make them, but they do have this brand that they're officially partnered with. And even though they're partnered with it, they, the customer would look at it and see that it's on an Xbox and go, nah, I don't want it, right? What? So you're you're totally right there, Sean. There is a stigma. And it comes back from, yeah, those really cheap, see-through red controller. I can see them in my in my mind right now.
0: What? Well, yeah. So actually, they do have Xbox branded ones, but the problem is, is it's include. You have to buy the play and charge kit, which is like thirty dollars or something. Right. So right. It, yeah, they yeah. they b- bundle it with the cable and say, here you go. But it's like you don't need that, and it's yeah, it, it's silly that it should just be included. But yeah. Anyways. Uh, moving on guys thanks to FPS boost on Xbox Dark Souls 3 will now run at 60 FPS on Xbox Series X and S so Sean is very excited about that Uh, (laughs) except I don't play it on Xbox (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) okay well Sean's not very excited about that Uh, yeah I I just thought this was a cool story Uh, obviously I I don't think necessarily all of us need to dive into this because it's kind of just a here you go. Another cool right. thing for FPS F- boost, but yeah, I just thought it was cool. Uh, and I want to save time for these other great stories like Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl has been announced for release this fall. What? uh (laughs) apparently it features uh a bunch of different characters from nickelodeon including uh teenage mutant ninja turtles characters nigel thornberry spongebob squarepants sandy cheeks patrick star uh reptar zim danny phantom all these classic nickelodeon characters that pretty much I grew up with most of these, so this is kind of crazy. But it's supposed to be like a a Smash Brothers-like brawler that is coming to all platforms fall 2021. I am actually optimistic about this. I know that is crazy, but I am optimistic about this because it's got some cool characters from my childhood. I, I, I would be interested to check this out if it ends up being good, maybe. I think you're getting a little ahead of yourself on this, buddy. <laughs>
3: yeah, I agree. I agree totally.
1: Ugh. How'd that G.I. Joe game work out? <laughs> oh, <man.
0: laughs>
1: Gosh. I mean, I, I get the allure of it, I guess. And I know their go-karting game was, like, received mediocrely as far as the Nickelodeon one. I think it came out last year. But I, I some of these characters I recognize. Uh, I don't like the Nickelodeon. Um... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I like the ones from the Fox uh, cartoon back in the 90s. Uh, but, I... I mean, cool that they're trying something, but none of this at all interests me. And also, too, compare It is going to be very hard for any type of brawl like this, where they have different media coming in, to ever go against Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, I mean, how many characters are we at? Yeah, uh, true. <laughs> we uh, have they even? Annu- I don't even think they've announced the last character for se- uh, season two. Yeah.
0: No, yeah.
1: So it's like, and we don't even know. We might be getting a season
0: three too. So it's like, I think they said this is the last one. I thought that I saw that somewhere that they, they said. said that too,
1: though, with the first pack. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, this is not something that I, I am interested in in the slightest.
0: Roro, please tell me you're on my side <laughs> on this one. <laughs>
2: I I think I'm a bit more on your side than everyone else, but it's 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 not like I'm gung ho, like hyped for it. Right. I'm definitely interested. Um, give me Doug, give me the guy from Chalk
1: Zone. Like maybe maybe I there I'm we in. go Doug yeah. Rocco. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, like that stuff makes sense. Yeah,
2: I would love to see those characters. the The ones that they showed off, like aside from like Danny Phantom, I. This is a, a totally different podcast. Where if we're talking about <laughs> cartoons, but they just don't hit for me uh, as much as the ones that I just mentioned. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in another fighter similar to Smash Bros. But as Sean says, like it's so hard to to compete with that. And I could definitely see that they're trying to just based off of the trailer. And I don't know how that's going to work out for them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, interested. Definitely intrigued because I am a big animation cartoon guy.
3: Yes. So this. Cool. I'm
0: excited. All right, Gage, bring on the hate. Slightly. Slightly
3: excited.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> I, I, I don't have any hate to give. I just oh. couldn't care less if I tried. Oh, I just okay. really couldn't. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I like SpongeBob for what it is, and yeah, I watched it when I was a kid. But this is this to me. This is just kind of like one of those things where I just see the, uh I just see the nostalgia trip boardroom where they're like, oh, this this is a good idea. This will get people to buy the game. So I don't know. Have we seen gameplay of it? I, this is the first I'm hearing of it.
0: Uh, I think they did show a little bit hopefully, of it. Yeah, yeah. They did, yeah. Does it, does it look like
1: actually decent or does it look like it's thrown together in a mean, PlayStation battle Royale looked decent when they showed it off until you got the controls. <laughs>
3: That's you know. a good point too. Yeah, no, I, this to me, this, I, I, I feel like this could fit comfortably in the, um, uh, in the uh, like uh, Terminator Resistance category of games, where it's like this is it works, but I don't think it'll I don't think it'll be anything worth, uh, the, worth the getting art, too hyped
0: about. The art style definitely looks cool, but obviously, like like you guys said, it, it, you have to actually play it to kind of gauge how it's gonna be. No pun intended, gauge. i've heard that all of my life you have no idea i'm sorry i'm so sorry uh moving on (laughs) fifa 22 uh guys the pc version will not include next gen improvements like the new animation tech that ea has been touting uh that is coming to ps5 and xbox series x uh what the hell like that's why pez is better yeah so My question is, when did the PC version not become the best version that you could possibly have? And I don't understand why you would cut. I get I get their reasoning. Their reasoning, okay, is they want to be able to offer it to lower tiered and lower end uh, computer users that have, you know, an older system. But at the same time, like the casual players that are playing this game aren't playing on PC. They're playing on console And I feel like if someone's hardcore playing this on PC, it's someone who has a very good rig and is like a hardcore gamer that loves FIFA. So, like, uh, I don't I don't like this decision for FIFA fans on PC. Uh, I feel bad for them. But, yeah, what what do you guys think about this? Does this set a precedent for uh, PC gamers in general for EA games or what do you guys think?
3: I think uh, I don't know. This, this, this to me, this smells like some sort of uh, console partnership, maybe behind the scenes deal. Because no PC game has ever done that, where um, the uh, it's, it's it's the game at its design is is too much for low end systems, so they scale it back. No, what they do is they put everything in it, and then they allow out options for lower end systems to then scale back the the full game. So yeah, this uh, this is weird. This is really weird. And and if, if I was being honest. Um, this might have something to do with EA and Xbox having their partnership, and you know, Battlefield is the home. Xbox is the home of Battlefield and whatnot. So I could hmm. maybe see them kind of wanting to, or uh, having some sort of partnership where the, the these improvements come first to uh, Xbox uh, next gen consoles and and PS Five, and then later you'll you'll see a an upgrade or a, an update or something. So that's that's my read on the situation because yeah, that's not that's not typically how it works on PC usually. And 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 actually you know some games are not shy about having really steep requirements and if you can't meet them then you know SOL that's kind of that's kind of how it works. So this yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put money on that. I would say there's some sort of partnership uh marketing thing going on.
0: Yeah. Ruru.
3: Yeah, it
2: it's definitely weird. Definitely <laughs> a strange uh move. Uh I if if I saw this without like Knowing who the company was, I definitely would would guess it was EA. That, like, mm. if, if like you know, like three multiple choice answers, I'd be like, oh yeah, it's probably EA. <laughs> yeah, it just makes sense um, in that regard. But the the actual decision doesn't make sense. And I think I saw like the reviews were like on Metacritic at the, like three point three right now, so that's expected. Um, I also heard that like the game itself is just pretty much copy and paste of last year's as well, and in terms of content. So, yeah, it, it's just, it's just strange. I, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, besides the, the point that Gage made where it's like there's a partnership behind the scenes, but yeah. yeah, it's still, still shady.
0: I mean, we it could have been worse, guys. We could have got the uh, Nintendo Switch version exactly okay. the same as last year ported to PC. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just hope it makes people more play Pez
1: because Pez has been superior for years to FIFA. I don't think it gets the credit it deserves in America. I think just because, because soccer is normally the only game that I play as far as sports-wise, as far as like in video game format, Um, and that, that franchise has been ahead for probably about the last like five years. FIFA, to my mind, has not done anything innovative for a long time, and honestly probably less so with all the gambling stuff that they have going on with the cards. So I, I don't know. I just hope it turns people more so to like, eh, maybe they're not doing all the right things in the way. So let's go back to Pez. Pez, one of Konami's only games left. <laughs> I think it's honestly the only one. left yeah. <laughs> because I don't think they're going to bring back Metal Gear anytime soon. Yeah.
0: All right, well, moving on, guys, Digital Foundry uh, has apparently tested Resident Evil Village on PC with a mod that removes the DRM completely from the game and the results, guys are freaking insane so apparently this new version uh with this mod installed uh they call it the cracked version uh which is interesting it has perfect frame rate as digital foundry uh tested and uh also it has less stuttering and very it's pretty significant, like the difference is like staggering how how big of a difference it is like the stock version of the game they're comparing side by side at one point of the game thirty one frames per second compared to a hundred and twelve frames per second um what so like I- why capcom like if the if if this isn't working if your drm is not working like figure something else out for drm because this is clearly making your game a worse game or like just throw drm out the window at, at a certain point if it's not working with your game like what uh i hope this doesn't happen like a lot in the industry like games that we don't realize are like so poorly optimized on pc and it's because of drm purposes uh i don't know not good. Yeah,
3: this is this is one of those things where it's kind of like I really hate. Like I I understand why because there's a, there's a lot of you know crazy people out there, but I really hate that. Like recently, we're seeing the um, people politicize like what a conspiracy theory is because everything is a conspiracy theory until it turns out true. And this is one of those things. People have been ringing the bell on DRM's for a long time, saying that on PC especially, it does impact, and that's why you know. Um, it's why Dr. People are some people are vehemently against, uh, you know, uh, DRM's and all that stuff. But then you have other people saying, "Well, you can't do that because then it's 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 enabling hackers and it's promoting it's promoting uh, piracy and all that stuff." And it turns into a political kind of debate. And it's like, "Well, no, like th- this this is a thing that people have been saying is true." And and Digital Foundry, extremely thorough, extremely mm-hmm. thorough. Like they're they're for the nerdiest of nerds. I mean, I watch them. But they break down everything, frame times, all this stuff, and you know they uh, they corroborate what this what this modder said, which is that yes, this this does happen, and I would not be surprised if this happens uh, for a lot of games, and and behind the scenes we just never hear about it because, um, like like we like we just talked about, video games are art, but the industry is a business, and um I guess in the eyes of the shareholders or whoever's in charge that. You know they gotta have this. They gotta have this feature in to prevent piracy. Even though I re- if I really, if they got rid of DRM's completely, I really doubt piracy would skyrocket because most people want to get their games officially, especially on PC. Like somebody like myself who's got a really expensive gaming rig, I use this for nothing other than <laughs> the official Steam, Epic Games, you know, Xbox Game Pass,
0: yeah.
3: all this stuff. And I, I really doubt that if if they started scaling back this DRM stuff, that all of a sudden people would be like, well, I'm just gonna go to www.freegamesxx.com like it's just I
0: don't
3: yeah. like, that's where I'm going to play Skyrim I, I don't see that happening so I, I hope that this is this does uh, result in some sort of change but I, I doubt it will yeah.
0: agreed uh, Sean Roro do you either of you guys have any anything to add
1: the last PC game I played was either Star Wars <laughs> Jedi Knight from the 90s or Roller Coaster Tycoon so I can't really <laughs> God. <off> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, wait, I played
0: uh Rage 2 on your computer, Daniel. Oh. oh, yes, I forgot about that. And you I tried Bloodstained one the, a little bit, I think. I did,
1: and then I was like, I was very disappointed with the anime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't have uh anything to add really
0: okay. to this one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, Moving on to more spooky news, guys. Bloober Team says that recent speculation about a leak of an alleged Silent Hill game from their studio is incorrect. Uh, And we were just talking about this, I believe, last week or maybe the week before and thinking about the possibility of Bloober Team working on a Silent Hill game because obviously Kojima's probably not working on it. I say probably because who the hell knows at this point. But uh, yeah, I guess this is kind of odd because they were, you know, they announced a, a partnership with Konami, but then I guess now they're saying that it's not going to be related to Silent Hills. So I don't know. I think we're, I guess we're never getting Silent Hills, guys, because it's just cursed at this point. Uh, Roro, does uh, this excite you that or? Wait. Yes. Does this excite you that you don't have to play a Silent Hill game? <laughs> oh man, uh, no. Like I,
2: I would like like Silent Hill to come back for, of course, not myself, but for the the other people who are really excited for it. Um, yeah, it's it's a bummer that the the news or the speculation isn't what we thought it was. I I still hold out hope that maybe somewhere down the line, Kojima gets us gets a crack at it. Uh, somehow, one way or another. But um, yeah, it it is definitely a bummer.
0: Um, Yeah. A bummer. Definitely Um, a bummer. Yeah. Uh, So does anyone else want to speak about their sadness about this before we move on? (laughs) You're Uh, never getting a
1: Silent Hill game again, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I I think just accept it. Um, At least Resident Evil is... the most part back to its roots as far as horror uh with even uh, i guess more resident evil 4 roots because of the action with the first person aspect Mm -hmm. of resident evil village but yeah that's gone um the only hope we have for horror is the possibility of dead space coming back yes let's hold on hope for that right
3: right yeah i I, i'm just i'm just gonna put it out there now i'm just gonna put it on on recording I I do think this whole blue box thing is Kojima. I think it's Silent Hill. I think that's what we're gonna get. I'm just gonna say, there's there, this this situation keeps unfolding, and I I know I know Dan, you saw the the tweet that I retweeted that apparently PlayStation giant yes added yes it. oh yeah and, and they and by the way they still haven't commented. They still have not commented on whether or not it is. So that's my thing. I don't think Blue Team is working on. It. I think Kojima is working on it. And also there was a small detail that missed me uh, when I was covering this way back when is that apparently I guess. Konami and Kojima started following each other on Twitter again, like a year ago or something like that, or hmm. six months ago. So, yeah, no, I, I don't think Blue Team's working on Silent Hill. I think it's, I think the Blue Box whole thing. I think that's, I think it's true. If it's not, I won't, I won't care because I'm not a diehard Silent Hill fan. But if you, if I had to put money on it, I'm saying that Blue Box is is involved in Silent Hill in some way, or that Kojima is involved.
0: Maybe, maybe it was a part of their plan to purposely leak that uh, Kojima and Xbox had a done deal, and it's really just a, you know. Just a f- bullshit thing to get people's attention away from Kojima, maybe the for some. Yeah, but Kojima loves attention. He never wants it away from him. Yeah, yeah that's this
3: true. is this is this is the problem with people trying to theorize what isn't what isn't happening. Is that Kojima has this weird kink where he's like, I can't just tell people I'm working on a game. It doesn't it doesn't do it for me? Yeah, I just he just can't announce a game for some reason. You know that's his thing. So uh, yeah, I I wouldn't I would not be surprised. And I'm I'm gonna just I'm just gonna predict that yeah this kojima's working on Silent Hill and the Blue Box thing is a whole fucking scam. How many times
1: just, yeah. do we have to see him on stage talking about another picture of death stranding? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, talk uh, about
0: death stranding I, for 4 years.
2: I have a question about like Silent Hill. Is 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 there anything inherently Silent Hill about Silent Hill? Like are there characters? Like there's an, is there an ongoing story? Pyramid uh,
1: Head,
0: yeah. Pyramid Head, Right. Okay. Pyramid Head's right. the
1: most famous minion/villain oh, right, right. of it. Um characters kind of get swapped out after Silent Hill the room. Uh more or less cuz at least the first one followed a family. Um two is the highly most highly regarded one, which I would agree with. Um and they used they really did a nice thing with the PlayStation 1 as far as draw distance um we knew back in like that day you couldn't see pretty much anything so what they did is made it all foggy and that right. is the premise right. that's the t- towns in fog and there's a really cool way to kind of do your game to like understand the limitations but really it's just the town and just the messed up religion that the town follows that really oh. got them put in isolation kind of
0: gotcha okay um, moving on guys. Ghostwire Tokyo has been officially delayed to twenty twenty two by Tango GameWorks. Obviously, uh this game was supposed to come out this fall, a uh, PS five exclusive as part of that Bethesda deal that they had with this game and uh also arcanes uh why am i drawing a blank death loop uh <laughs> but uh, I, I guess this isn't terribly surprising because we haven't really seen a ton of, uh, on ghostwire tokyo so i i still want to like see what this game's going to end up being i freaking love the evil within and i wish they had made evil within three instead of this but uh we're getting this so i guess we'll see what happens <laughs> um but yeah i would agree but isn't this the one that the story actually came out
1: that like due to their like employee safety, that's why they kind of um, did a lot of delays because of them not working together, which I actually really respect in yeah. these COVID times that they were forefront saying that they valued their employees health over a game being finished.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, any other Ghostwire Tokyo fans out there that are sad about this?
3: I, I haven't seen, uh, no, it hasn't, it hasn't, hooked me um yet so um not upset but uh yeah take the time that take all the time you need delays are literally never a bad thing when it comes to gaming because uh as many developers have said a video game is never finished it can always be improved so take your time yeah my favorite thing
2: about ghostwire tokyo so far has been being introduced to ikumi nakamura and just following her on twitter all the time she's she's great she's very wholesome lady She's the one who introduced it at, at E3 t- uh, 2019. Oh, yeah. I, I know, yeah.
3: Okay, yeah. You, you said that I immediately knew. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
2: yes. That's that's pretty much my takeaway from Ghost Warrior Tokyo so far.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Roro, I'm just going to tell you, so you love her, and I just have this awful, just awful idea in my head of her because of not seeing the Evil Within two, 3 oh <laughs> he took something away I, I blame her because no i'm kidding no she's uh, and her
3: specifically she was yeah she was, she was <laughs> at the, head of the desk in the boardroom yeah
0: Just, you know. <laughs> uh, maybe someday on game pass please uh moving on guys playstation's state of play occurred last week i i, I had thought about making this topic of the show but then i saw a couple of things that i thought would be cool to put as a original topic of the show so yeah, I apologize, guys. We're going to like condense this, but, uh, moss i i put these are kind of my standouts and, and you guys can talk about like what your standouts were but my standouts moss book two which is uh, the sequel to moss uh for playstation vr that it has been announced i think this is a this is a beautiful game like in terms of like a vr experience like this is going to be super cool um to to kind of see people play this but obviously i don't have psvr so I won't, I won't be able to play it at least initially i think the original went to other platforms though i believe it's on
1: oculus now and everything
0: okay and uh so maybe at some point if this comes to oculus i can check it out but uh i thought that was really cool and then obviously they announced death stranding's director's cut is coming september 24th which is very big news and they showed off some of the new content for that so i thought that looked good as well for people who like that um and then they showed off death loop gameplay and also some details and showed that the exclusivity window is actually almost a year. So, well, pretty much a year, September 14th, 2022 for PlayStation five exclusivity, which is a lot longer than I th- expected it to be. I thought it would be like six months. So uh, essentially, that's the day we're probably going to get it on Game Pass for Xbox, but I am very interested in this game after seeing the state of play. Like, I might have to pick this up on PS5 to check it out right away because it looks really awesome. It's literally, like, dishonored with, like people have said like hit man and like combination of like those two things and like
1: and that stress uh, level for always hunting you too
0: yes juliana uh, invades yeah, your world really and and that's pvp too like you, other players are coming into your world uh as juliana which is super freaking cool like i like that kind of stuff um But like, there's multiple paths to get rid of your target, which is really cool. Very hitman-esque. So I really thought that had a good showing uh, at their showcase um i know some people said like oh Deathloops, uh, the type of game that would probably get drawn out or uh it would be like uh, lost in, in the big midst of a big like game reveal uh, like e3 or something like that but uh i'm glad that it kind of had its own state of play here with with some indies mixed in uh to kind of get its you know place to shine so uh what were your guys's standouts from playstation's state of play Uh, Definitely
1: Moss Book 2. Moss was one of my favorite games that I have on my PSVR. Um, I didn't buy it again for Oculus uh, Rift, uh, but Moss Book 2 looked awesome. I loved the first one's story and the fact that it really kind of changed my thought on how VR could be played. You always just assume VR is just going to be a first-person experience when really that wasn't a first-person experience, but it really only worked in VR with how they made you part of that story and how you're kind of telling it and reading it in a sense. Um, So that was really cool. And then honestly, the only other thing is just what you said, the nine minutes of gameplay of Deathloop. Uh, It was a game that's already on my radar because I do like Dishonored. Um, So I I, just seeing more of it and knowing I, I like that aspect of Dark Souls where somebody can just drop into your game and hunt you um and it does get very stressful and i know we're going to talk about like hard and easy type games yeah. and i kind of like that about certain games and i think this could work in this format too yeah. because of the versatility of where you can go mm. yeah. gauge
3: yeah i mean for me it was uh, i didn't i didn't see stray which is what i wanted to see <laughs> Um yeah, yeah. um. yeah, no, I, I. really, for me, it was just kind of Dishonored. And it's interesting with what's going on with Dishonored is that for some reason, I am more excited about Redfall than I am Dishonored, even though we haven't gotten and, 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 and Roro, Roro and my co-host Brandon gave me shit about it on, on our show where no gameplay, no hype, but like R- Redfall was the coolest thing out of the Xbox E3, in my personal opinion. And it's weird because uh, Dishonored is made by uh you know uh the og arcane and uh Redfall's being made by arcane austin which was originally a support studio and then became their own team so it's it's weird to me that i i like what i'm seeing of um uh wow i just i totally slipped the name what
0: <laughs> Death <laughs> Death is, a that's the one
3: Death yeah, loop, yeah. <laughs> i was just, I Redfall in the brain again um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it, it's one of those. It's weird. It's really weird because I should be liking it more than I am, and I do like what I've seen. I love Dishonored. I I think Dishonored two is so slept on. I mean, it did launch especially on PC like horrendously, and I get that. But uh, it feels so smooth to play, and it's I love the arcane art style. But uh, so yeah, like you got like everybody's been saying is it, it seems like it's very much um, uh, Dishonored meets Hitman, and I love both of those franchises, and that should in my brain sort of link, but for some reason I'm just, I'm watching it and it's like, it looks good, but it only looks good. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I, that was, that was the highlight of the show for me still, but, um, yeah, I would have loved to see, I would have loved to see stray. Uh, try the Midgard looks pretty interesting. Um, I do, I have a soft spot for the survival, um, uh, category of games and being a PC guy. I mean, that's where a lot of them are. So, um, mm-hmm. I do like that. I like the 10-player co-op. That's a big number. You don't usually see that a lot. I do like the idea of having literally a tribe of people because a lot of the times games will either be two-player or four-player and, uh, you know, you, it'd be one of those games that you're playing, you're like, man, I wish I could get, you know, five or six people in here. and Especially if it's a survival game where you're building and crafting because then you can have people doing stuff. So, yeah, Tribes of Midgard looks interesting. Uh, I'll keep that on my radar, but definitely Deathloop for me is, is what uh, was my main takeaway. Roro? Uh,
2: for me, it was Shifu. That game looks so much fun. The the em up game, where every time you die, you you get a little bit older.
0: Oh, uh, yes, that is yeah. super cool.
2: It looks so cool. It has such a cool cinematic uh, gameplay too. Um, but yeah, that's that's the one that I'm really excited for. I, I think that one got delayed uh, to 2022 as well.
0: Yes. yes.
2: Yeah. So that was that was obviously a little bit sad. But as we were talking about with the uh, the Tokyo. Uh, delay it's 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 definitely a good thing in the at the end of the day but uh that was definitely my highlight
0: Shifu. for sure cool uh yeah i completely forgot about that one that is a super cool mechanic i i want to see like how that ends up like affecting the final like game that's super cool uh moving into the games we were playing guys i am still playing ratchet and clank rift apart i'm just uh, it's taking me a long time because i just get a couple hours in it each week uh but i'm working my way through it i'm really enjoying it still uh i just met the little bots uh forget what they're called uh i'm a terrible terrible host here i forgot what their names are but the little bot guys that you collect or whatever for the dude in the spacesuit. I'm terrible with all these names. I don't even know any of <laughs> their names. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm enjoying that uh season 7 of Master Chief Collection. I am freaking killing. Almost done with that already with all the unlocks. So Holy crap, you're a madman. <laughs> yes. I gauge I do everything. All of the weekly and uh seasonal challenges. I do every single season to make sure I get you- all the points. Mad Lad. Mad Ladius the third, yes, uh, yeah, so that's what I'm playing, gage, what are you playing
3: i am I am full swing now, full swing into my addiction, uh of Tarkov. <laughs> uh just just real, uh yeah, I mean, last time I was on the show, I said it was gonna be a problem and and now now it's a problem, so. Get home from work immediately, shower, and make all the food so that I can play it up until I need to go to sleep. (laughs) And just raid in, raid out, raid in, raid out. It's it's good, man. And like I said, like I said before, I I touched on it, but honestly, truly, industry leading audio. The audio design in this game is absolutely incredible, and uh, more games could definitely uh, could definitely take some notes from how much effort and and i'm sure it was painstaking to program all these different sounds and um yeah it's 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 a great game it's it's definitely not for everybody it's 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 very brutal and actually theme of the show talking about difficult games it's it is incredibly difficult and punishing by design um but uh yeah
0: it's 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 good stuff it's good stuff I like how you typed on the Google Doc uh, seriously send help and I said, I'm sending the Rosana- or Rosanante. I forget how you say <laughs> that. <But laughs>
3: yeah, I could,
0: I could use that crew right now yes. to get me out of this addiction. Ro, what are you playing?
2: Um, I didn't play much this week. I I, uh, I was grinding Solstice of Heroes, obviously, and Destiny. Um, And I got the Legendary set And to get the glows for the legendary set, you have to do a Grandmaster Nightfall for the helmet, a raid for the chest, and there was just a bunch of other stuff to do for the other glows. I was like, you know what? No. It's just going to be plain, old, normal outfit for me. I'm not grinding anymore. (laughs) Um, So that was was my destiny week. And I'm very much in a Pokemon mood right now where I just want to start up one of the games and i was looking online to see how much it would cost to purchase like pokemon black or emerald or something it's absolutely ridiculous how much it costs so i won't be doing that but maybe uh i I saw on etsy it was like super cheap but it's not like authentic cartridges it's like somebody just put the game on something but it still works like a cartridge but yeah it's not the real nintendo seal of approval game but well, definitely more affordable
0: Ro, if you're looking for a Nintendo seal of approval game, just go out and go buy the uh super mario sixty four that's still in pristine condition. I think that's pretty affordable,
2: right, yeah, yeah <laughs> freaking one million dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, my God
0: that's insane. yeah, so that's
2: been playing destiny and and dreaming about playing Pokemon right now, so mm-hmm. I haven't been playing anything new right now
0: Sean, what are you playing?
1: Um, so I'm actually playing Ghost of Tsushima again, or Tsushima, uh, for a second time. I'm playing it on, it's funny we're about to talk about this, but I'm playing it on the hard difficulty. Uh, I made it to the third part of the island last night, uh, and I've been trying to do 100% of it, uh, but holy crap, is it difficult? Um, those standoff, Dana, I don't, oh I know you God. barely played it, yeah. but did you ever do any standoffs? No. <laughs> okay. Well, Ro- you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like especially when you get to the Straw Hat Ronin, they like to juke you out and it's no longer like, oh, one hit and you're down to like no health. No, if you lose it, you lose it, you die. Um, so it's it gets difficult, but I love that game. I forgot about your horse and that broke me again when that <laughs> happened. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know why I put so much stock into picking the horse at the beginning of that game. It doesn't matter in the end, (laughs) but uh, yeah, that that game, I cannot say enough praises about it. I really hope Sucker Punch gets to make a second one. Um, I know obviously how it ends, so I feel like they can make a second one, but I just, I won 100% the game because I didn't do that the first time around. And I'm looking forward to playing the Legends mode. I played, well, I guess I already played two of the missions. Um, there's not that many people on it. I know the Director's Cut comes out in August for it for PS5, but it's actually really cool. Uh, you get some new movesets, uh, so definitely some cool outfits and everything, uh, but I really like that it was a free update for PlayStation gamers.
0: Yeah, and uh, I've still only made it about an hour into that game. <laughs> I haven't went back to it. I'm so sorry, everyone. So <laughs> I am
3: I am anxiously awaiting the PC port of that game,
0: and if mm. it's if it's
3: anything like the quality port of uh, Days Gone, I'm yeah I cannot it cannot come soon enough. Ghost of Tsushima, okay. it's it's yeah I'm I'm so excited. It's, it's with the first time you run
1: through a flower field. It is just like. And it's, it's really right at cool. the beginning of the game. It is just gorgeous. Well, and again, it's
3: it's it looks like it looks that way on a PS4, which yeah, is yeah. like you know has a fraction of the computing power of my PC. So the <laughs> fact that is, I I, can't, I honestly can't wait. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast, but uh, I had a PS4. I bought the uh, Last of Us Part Two Collector's Edition uh, just to keep in box to not open, and uh, oh, wow. my PS4. My PS4 broke upon completion of The Last of Us Part Two, So I have Ghost of Tsushima Steelbook sitting behind me waiting to be played. Wow. Um, so my, my plan right now is either wait until I have a PS5 and play it then or wait for the PC port. So it's not only d- is it a game I want to play, but it's a game that's literally sitting three feet away from me that I can't play. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you're
2: such a, a strong person to be leaving that, that uh, inbox because I would have opened it immediately
3: okay so 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 first of all i i did i did open it actually (laughs) i I didn't play it i never i have not turned it on but i did open it to look at it and it was was maybe about three weeks into having it because no i was sitting there looking at it i was like i know what it looks like there's a picture of in the box but i just want to see it with my (laughs) eyes well there goes
0: there goes your 1.5 million dollars in one year gauge
3: (laughs) i know i know
0: did i say one year 20 years yeah I'm it's sure. okay we're not gonna give him crap
1: like we do for you for not playing it <laughs> roro and i played it already <laughs>
2: yeah i'm i'm sure you could still sell that out of box in like a couple of years and still get a lot of money for a gauge they're going
3: yeah yeah they're going for 1200 on ebay right now that's can, insane 1200k yeah oh my now that's, god granted that's, god. well that's only three dollars american so i wouldn't get <laughs> oh, oh i thought you just said twelve okay. i didn't hear the yen. Um, yeah, no, I mean it, it, it is it is it is still brand new, right? Like the like literally the box has only been opened. It's it's everything's still packed exactly as it should be, so. But uh yeah, I, I don't even know if I will sell. It's one of those things where it's like I might just hang on to it. I don't know. It's 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 in limbo right now.
0: You know what? Sell it to Christian. I hear he's the biggest uh Ghost of Tsushima fan. I'm kidding. He hates it.
1: You guys remember the end of 40-year-old virgin where he like sold all his toys to like pay for his, month, for his wedding and all that stuff. <laughs> and then they say at the end like we're going to make sure I could get some toys and like not open them. basically. Like I feel that's the route we all have to go down. is like, if anybody asks, like I'm collecting these, Oh, why are you collecting? Are you interested? No, I just want to sell them in 20 years and get money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right, guys, moving into the topic of the show, how easy is too easy. So I thought we would talk about uh, this general topic here psychonauts 2 announced that they will feature an invincibility toggle as double fine believes all people should be able to enjoy all games and i thought that was an interesting statement and i actually i very much agree with the statement because it's it i'm always of the mindset of like the more ways you can allow people to play games the better so like just because a game isn't meant to be played a certain way, like meant to be played easy or meant to be played hard or whatever. I feel like the gamer should always have the choice to play that way. So like the fact that you can turn on this invincibility mode and basically run through the game, uh, I think is great because there are people out there that maybe can't, uh, do, use the motor skills, or or just get frustrated, or you know, there's so many other reasons why you would turn this on. But I feel like this is just a good thing for accessibility reasons, and uh, I thought this was a really cool idea for them to include. Um, what what were your guys' thoughts about this?
2: I I thought it was great. I I love when uh, companies do do this. I think for the most part, majority of people. I guess I may be surprised if I go on Twitter for a while. But I think most people agree that those options should be there for, for those who need it. Um, but then I'm sure we'll have a discussion discussion later. But then there's always the argument as to if they experience it the quote-unquote correct way. But yeah. if it's just you playing it, then it doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, I, every time these, these, these uh, stories come up, I always say that I would love, I, I want more of this. Because if someday, for some reason, I can't play games how I do now, I would love those options to be there. So I can only imagine how how it must feel for those who are in that situation right now, being able to play some of their favorite games easier. So, yeah, yeah,
3: I think it's great. It's it's an interesting conversation to have here on, on this show with Roro because it was actually one of the first conversations we had when we started working together, like, years ago um we we this 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 conversation came up again, and I remember talking to Roro about it and um yeah i i think for this for this first part uh then yeah i i think i actually i have a sl- I have as a, guess a slogan that I say to myself that it's very similar to what you said Dan uh when in doubt player agency when in doubt player agency if you don't know whether something should or shouldn't have or you know anything like that. Then lean towards the side of giving players more option, and it's it's my biggest issue with Halo Infinite, as we've talked about at length. Um, really my only issue with that game. Uh, but yeah, and i and you know what, it's one of those things where this accessibility uh, for this game, um, it's kind of refreshing because not only is it an accessibility feature, but also like, I where did cheat codes go? Like I miss. <laughs> i miss cheats so much in games and uh like it, it added so much replay value where it's like oh you played through the game uh, quote unquote the way it was meant to be played on whatever difficulty but how would you like to have uh, infinite ammo and unlimited bullet time and stuff like Like it was so much fun and the games have all done away with that so uh from from multiple angles i love to see this in psychonauts um I have a bit more of a different opinion with with our next topic, but uh, in terms of this, then yeah, absolutely. That's this is just a win.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, well. I, I I guess I get it with those types of games. And again, this this is going to be a very biased opinion because of like the generation I grew up with gaming the reason why games were so hard was for replay because you were only allowed to buy a certain number of n- games a year because your parents obviously didn't want you to have a bunch of them or couldn't afford them. Yeah.
0: Right. So like
1: that one game that you had, like I remember it's not even that beloved of a game, but I have a game on the Nintendo entertainment system called Asinax. Um And I just remember like that game took me forever to beat. And then it basically does a ghost and goblins thing where you have to replay it again. Uh, with the same amount of health and lives. And, like, I love that game, but it was incredibly hard. But, like, it didn't need to be hard, I guess, guess would be, like, the other kind of way to look at it. But games like Psychonauts, and I guess today's games, that makes sense, uh, for that to be like that. Uh, But it, it's just that's a weird thing that I kind of think about because, Daniel, you and I had this conversation when it came to Jedi uh, Fallen Order. <laughs>
0: we did. Because we
1: did. you're not a Souls fan at all. No. And they kind of compared it more metrovania, I think, than Souls to you before you purchased it. Yeah. And you learned out very quickly, especially during a certain fight scene, that yeah. it was definitely Soulsy because of how you had to go strategically inside of it. So... It doesn't give you really an option. Because like, if you were invincible, you would not have gotten as pissed off as you were. Exactly, yes. Uh, Even if that was, like Gage just said, like a cheat code type thing. Because you didn't really honestly care about the achievement part or perfection. You just wanted to beat the game, more or less. Correct. So the fact that it didn't give you that option, that I can get behind. Where it's like... Hey, you put something in essentially like the old Game Shark or of GTA, because I feel like that's the only franchise that has a cheat code anymore. Yeah. Like that putting it in makes sense to me. But like saying, Hey, here's here's the mode that you that you're gonna start with or have like no matter what, like in a Dark Souls game, that's the thing that kinda just makes in my mind think like, well, it's not really the way that you wanna play it because the game's meant to be hard. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I, Sean knows I was very frustrated at that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order boss, and I literally was about to quit that game just because of that. And I was I was at the second to last boss. like I was right at the end there, and I was like, I'm contemplating quitting this game. It's so frustrating like, right now. My wall can attribute to that with me throwing something at my wall. <laughs> does that and game... The
1: last boss does, was.
3: Does Jedi not have a difficulty? I haven't played that one yet. Does it, it not have a difficulty, was, but it yeah.
1: still
0: follows the same...
1: Like
3: you've easy got you know, easy a hard, that very thing. hard, and extra hard type thing.
0: So in a way, yeah. my problem, my problem with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was always that, and I really enjoyed the game. I don't want to say I didn't. I really enjoyed the game. My problem was the combat felt like I had no chance to go aggressively and counter at the same time. Like I couldn't slash the enemy and then like block something immediately right after. Like I would have to wait block right then attack like and i'm not a patient player at all i i admit that a thousand percent that's why i don't like dark souls that's why i don't like any of those souls born games because i am not patient and so yeah that that frustrated me but i
3: don't know right see that's one of those things where that's where i like and i i yeah I, we'll get in we'll get into the deeper conversation next about difficulty and, and design of games but that's why i always i i do like the idea of uh, even if you have to unlock cheat codes, like Sean was saying back at, back in the day when we were all younger, and that's that's what you had to do. Um, like if you could if you could play uh, Jedi Fallen Order through the first time, and then you unlock, say maybe unlimited stamina or something like that. Because I'm somebody who it's not so much a patience thing because I can play many different types of games. I can play Call of Duty one day and then go to you know a survival simulator the next. But I'm very I'm somebody who. Uh, is very cinematic. I love film and stuff like that. So, my thing is if a game like Jedi Fallen Order, I would be trying to do stuff that looks cool and that would probably be getting me killed in the same way that you want to play <laughs> aggressively and that's not the way you're supposed to. So, like, I, I see, um uh, was it Shinji uh, Legend on Twitter? I think Roro follows him as well, where he does these crazy, like, cinematic uh, mm-hmm. clips of games and uh like that's the stuff that i want to do so i i do like the option in, in games where even if you have to play through it the way that they want you to play through it uh you know adding cheats or adding modifiers to me only enhances replayability um and uh yeah the, la- I, the last was part two did that really well uh that one you didn't i mean they weren't cheats you didn't have to unlock them but they did have stuff that that very much felt like it and, and it was kind of like a cool nostalgia trip so
1: yeah. The, way the Ratchet and Clank does it is actually really nice because if you think about it, not only it's it's not that hard of a game unless you like choose that, but those Daniel, I don't know if you collect them, but the golden bolts, mm-hmm. not only does it give you cosmetic stuff, but it also gives you actual cheat codes too yeah. for it. Now again, that's a little bit of a in a sense a playwall. Not not a paywall, but a playwall, but I I really actually like how that did it because like I was towards the end of the game. I just kind of wanted to finish the story and collect everything. I just chose infinite ammo and I was, everything was a breeze, especially when you collect all the parts of that uh, transporter gun. You're just like, all right, this game, I don't have anything else to worry about. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, The other part to this guy's, my buddy colin moriarty he's one of my famous people i have on my short list of people i'm not a fan of but anyways uh colin moriarty uh put out a little tweet here that i thought was interesting that in my opinion i think this is the complete wrong uh way of looking at it and you guys can uh speak your mind towards it as well uh but he says if you can't or won't beat games on anything harder than easy and you're reviewing them from that perspective and not from the perspective of the average player then your criticism is worthless seek out critics who actually like video games it's all getting a little trite no i personally like okay I understand at a high level what he's saying to an extent. Like, I understand, like, someone who's going to play a game on uh, normal difficulty and play through the way that it's, you know, supposed to be played, so to speak, by the developer, you're going to get a maybe a slightly different experience, be- but it's all based on your skill level. So, like, if I play a game on easy and I'm used to playing games on easy and compare it to other games that I play on easy then my comparison to that game is still going to be an even comparison to another game that I play on easy. Like it's not, you're not, you're not comparing, you know, playing dark souls on eat. Well, there's, that's a terrible example. It doesn't have a difficulty, but you're not comparing halo five on easy to, uh, call of duty black ops two on hard, because that's completely different experiences. Like, in general like these people are not going to be doing that they're going to be playing on whatever difficulty that they're associated with and the other part of this ccal critics who actually like video games like that doesn't playing on easy doesn't dictate like liking video games like that makes you no sense of the
2: games that you're playing <laughs> yeah. right
0: yes like that that's not what video games are that's not what video games have ever been like video games have always been inclusive in terms of everyone like play it the way you want to play it like that's literally what video games are and for him to say that criticism is worthless for uh, reviewers that say uh, or that play on easy. I, I just don't agree with that because there's so many aspects to a game. It's not just about difficulty. Yes, there are games that, you know, lean into the difficulty like Dark Souls and, and the such. But you're not. Obviously, this reviewer isn't going to review Dark Souls. She's not going to put herself in this specific reviewer that I'm talking about. She's not going to put herself on Dark Souls because she knows that's not her, you know, expertise. Just as you know, someone in the film industry who hates horror movies isn't going to review a horror film, like
3: exactly, yeah. yeah. But it, this is—I mean, please, please I, I might go on a tangent, so please feel free to interrupt me and stop me because I definitely don't want to <laughs> end up hijacking this. But, but you're I here's here's my issue with Colin Moriarty, and I think I think most of us—I I know Christian and, and Roro are—but I think most of us, at some point or another, have all been kind of funny uh, fans, followers. Consumers, whatever, what have you, and and I, I do, I do look back fondly on the time that he was there and what he contributed, and and I still think the whole uh, Timmy Tammy Fallout uh, episode of the kind of funny morning show or Game of Gregory show is the funniest thing that's ever happened. But Colin <laughs> Moriarty, ever since the split, has kind of leaned in to whatever he was telling people were accusing him of, and and sort of that fan group and whatnot, and he. He absolutely has a murder complex where he likes to, uh, in my in my personal opinion, I'll preface, uh, he likes to throw out poorly worded things and get the flashback and then say, "Look at I look at how much the industry hates me." I see it over and over again from him. That's the only time I see him on my timeline is when he does exactly this. He he poorly words something and then in the thread eight eight comments later he'll clarify it with what he should have said originally um and uh and the cycle repeats itself so there's there's a couple different things I, I have a problem with this is that one his wording is is uh yeah with the whole like completely worthless it's like all right slow down a bit it's you know like you said if somebody's been playing games on easy then there still is a comparison to make um the problem with with uh the, his whole thing and what he does and something that i find inexcusable is that he never crops out the um, the person who tweeted whatever he's uh, criticizing? No. So the criticism of Colin, where people say that you're sicking your fans on people. I mean, there's toxic fans in every every group. I, some people don't believe that, but I'm sorry, like tough shit, it's true. Like you can be the most progressive video game friendly person ever, you're gonna have toxic people that go after people like Colin, Morty or Colin Moriarty and say horrible things. That's just a fact of life. But you can do what you can to cut down on that by not including the person who made the comment that you are criticizing which yeah. is something that Colin never does. He uh he always includes the name. So I I need to call him out on that. That's that's uh it's pretty low blow. And the se- and the third thing is that um, reviews nowadays, I mean, people go to reviewers that they know and like, so I don't know why you're criticizing somebody else for how they review games, because your audience isn't going to that person. I didn't know who this person was yeah. until this whole thing happened, right? So, if if this uh, journalist, if she wants to play all of her games on Easy and review them that way, it doesn't bother you at all. You could have gone your whole life without ever knowing this person existed. Just leave it alone. Um, now, as opposed to what he's saying about journalistic integrity and whether or not there should be some sort of baseline as to what games were reviewed on, that's a different conversation. That's a conversation that can't happen on Twitter because Twitter is not where calm, rational conversations happen. The platform's literally not designed for it. Up until two years ago, you had 140 characters. That platform is designed for you to say your hot take and get a response. That's it. So, yeah, I think there's a conversation to be had about games like Dark Souls where it is designed to be hard. And like we say, and like the gaming space has largely agreed on video games are art. So who are you to come in and tell somebody who's making a piece of art, how it shouldn't, shouldn't be no. again. As I've said, I always lean towards the side of player agency. When in doubt, if you don't have a specific direction with your game, then for sure add options. Cause that adds replayability and it adds accessibility. It's a win-win, but games like I'll use Tarkov as an example. Tarkov, by design, is visually very drab. There is not a lot of contrast in that. There's no HUD, there's no markers. If you're somebody who's playing Tarkov and you're colorblind, it is probably unplayable. Now, if they were to change that, that would drastically alter the flow of combat because you're not supposed to be able to make things out from afar. It's supposed to be very realistic and hard, and you're not supposed to... Was that a bush or was that a person? You're not supposed to know. So there are some games that are designed with certain core aspects that unfortunately limit accessibility. But if we're going to, you know, start compromising on that, then that means that we're kind of regulating art in a way. So there's a deeper conversation to be had there, but Colin Moriarty is a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. He just, just, he's, he's, he's fallen from grace so much. I don't know why he leans into what he leans into, but that's, that's my piece. I'm sorry for going on a tangent.
0: No, you're kidding, bro. Uh, yeah. Like,
2: I, I don't know where where I should start but i I would just start by saying that i i i don't agree with what Colin had to say with the original tweet um and just the way that he went about it i, I do follow the person that he uh called out so I do know of her her stuff and her written work and stuff like that and she, I think she's great she does some really awesome stuff um but yeah it 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 just doesn't impact me at all and if viewers and i As Gage was saying, there's a totally different conversation that should be had that I think that he wants to have. But again, Twitter is just not the place to do it. And he didn't go about it the correct way. Um, But yeah, like if you play a certain game on easy, should your opinion on the game matter? Yes, it should. But if you are a reviewer for IGN and you're playing a specific game on easy, are you going to have a different experience than somebody who's playing on, on hard? I think it depends on the game, but for the most part, I think yes. And will that affect the score? I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know, but I I do think that those things do come into play difficulty for sure. I just don't think that the the opinions and the enjoyment of someone playing a game on easy, it gets thrown out the window because they're playing it on easy.
0: Um,
2: But yeah, I, I, I think there's also a conversation about if, Dark Souls is always the game that comes up in this argument. Uh, Soulsborne game, like, like these games aren't for everyone. These games aren't for everyone, so they shouldn't have uh, the difficulty option or accessibility. And to an extent, I I understand that, like, Souls games aren't for me, but it's not because I can't play them. It's because I don't want to play them. And I think the option for people who can't play them to be able to play them should be should be there or, or worked on, but. It's such an interesting conversation because I totally agree with what Gage was saying, like there it's also art. and if the artist people to play it on these certain levels, then who am I to say, no, you should like let but it's it's just such a it's so difficult because because they literally can't play it. it's not it's not like me where i I don't want to. Yeah. so yeah, it's it's definitely a difficult one, but at the end of the day. I agree with Gage and what you guys were saying. I just don't. Yeah. The way Colin went about it was not, not correct.
0: And, like, if you don't want a reviewer that's playing on easy or whatever, you that offends you somehow, like, go read a different review. Else. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> it's
2: such yeah.
0: a. That's the, pro, see, that's the thing is that it comes back to there's so many different levels where
3: it's like, this is a non issue, man. You didn't have to blurt yeah. yeah. this out there. And this is the thing with, with, with something that uh, this is going to sound really old timey, but like, with our generation, I feel like I notice a common problem that we all have, whereas we really like to reduce things to the common de- to the lowest common denominator and make things really easy. Like this isn't an e this this conversation doesn't have an easy answer. Like absolutely like this is the thing. Like like Rashan says, if somebody wants to play uh Dark Souls, and that is the, the the thing that comes up all the time, which is why I tried to use Tarkov as an example, but if somebody wants to play if somebody who has motor uh motor uh, motor control issues wants to play dark souls if somebody who is colorblind wants to play tarkov it's one of those things where it's like there is no easy answer there's no 280 character limit you know one and done answer to this problem because it's it's such a multifaceted and and complex conversation to have because it is art right these are especially video games movies is one thing movie you know that's a year of your life that's on average, that's a year of your life. that's it's a lot of hard work, but video games, I mean it's it's four, three, five years of your life. And if you're an independent studio, if the game doesn't doesn't uh, hit, then that could be the last thing you work on. It's so it's so it's there's so high risk, uh, especially you know in terms of this medium. So to come in and say, like, well, we need you to do x, y, and z for your game. And if that ends up compromising the game and, you know, people who have worked on it, it's, it's again, it's not a conversation for Twitter. It's it's a conversation yeah. that we all need to have separately and kind of, and everybody needs to chill out on Twitter. I swear, everything's <laughs> everything is so tribal and, like, right and wrong. And, like, even, like, I'm not going to assume anything. I, I We all seem like we're all politically aligned, if I had to guess. Not that it matters. It shouldn't matter. And that's kind of the crux of my point. But, like... Everything seems like it comes down to that, and it's just like, okay, who are you, what do you believe in, you're not on my team, cool, I can go absolutely in on you on Twitter, and um, I I do think there's a bit of a superiority complex on my side of the fence, and I think the side of the fence that we're all kind of on, where even, like, Jason Schreier is a great example. I I have this thing that I like to say with Jason Schreier, where it's like, Jason Schreier is proof that you can be on the right side of history and still be an asshole because that that, that's who he is you know he's doing good work the things he talks about are things that need to be talked about he's an asshole and i see a lot of that uh i see a lot of that with people and how they even have this conversation where it's just throwing shade and making one-liners and reducing people to to groups and it's just like well no this this is a complex conversation and yeah and yeah that yeah That's why
0: Sean
1: doesn't have
3: Twitter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Jason (laughs) Trier, another person on the short list. Anyway, Sean, uh, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Uh, Well, normally I feel like I'm a Colin Moriarty apologist in a way, Um, mostly because I, in games media, I normally, that's somebody that has a lot of similarities to me as far as games that like and stuff. Uh, When he was on IGN, when he was on Kind of Funny and everything like that, him and I are both like, jrpgs normally follow kind of the same route that said uh him and i definitely differ socially and politically um right. but i always say that if i differ from you that w- i work with a lot of people i mean daniel we're in ohio and kentucky yeah i mean this, this is pretty much trump country in a sense and I, none of us could care less like we still have, we have friends that are trump or mine whatever it doesn't matter right and, that, and so i can get along with everybody but i would just say his comments are idiotic at best if not harmful to a sense from this uh it sounds like a female journalist uh that and he has a history with females as far as Hmm. saying inappropriate things right Uh, even this
2: specific one like this isn't the first time that are
1: you serious yeah
2: Yeah. i think think everyone
1: and i unfollowed him and what happened was kind of funny to begin with yeah so it, it doesn't surprise me that he would kind of go after essentially what he views as an easy target in my mind, but I would also differ in with him when it comes to the validity of reviews. The only exception that I would put in there is if a game specifically has differing enemies based upon the level that you're at, then I can understand you wanting to say, hey, you should the developer should let you know, hey, you should experience this harder difficulty so you can experience a different villain or somebody that you'd never faced before. Um, God of War in the early days was a good example of this, that you fought more enemies. They weren't just, like, bigger health, but it was enemies that you didn't see in the base game. Um, I at least yeah. remember that from the PS2. So I can understand that aspect, but that's not really a thing that happens these days. For the most part, you see all from an easy standpoint to an impossible standpoint. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, uh, Drake's A Thief End. It's the same game if you play easy or impossible. The enemies just either kill you quicker... Or hit or you take forever to kill them. That's right. Literally the only difference. So I don't I don't understand the validity. If you are a outlet that puts on their difficultness of games, which I know magazines used to put on there, okay, cool. That that's fine, you could put that on there. But that shouldn't necessarily dictate what your review score is, in my opinion, unless it's something that is a broken part of the game that makes it impossible. Um, Daniel, I know this might like kind of trigger you, but uh, the game Prey, where there was literal issues that broke the game at the beginning, at the beginning. I don't want you to blame. <laughs> Dan Stapleton. That, <laughs> that other guy on the short list. I was gonna say the only thing we have to mention now. Is Todd this is Howard, gonna wrong? Just, I mean,
0: I mean, the <laughs> Randy, Pitch, Howard. Randy Pitchford. Uh, Randy Pitchford is the only Pitchford. one left. Yeah, that I haven't mentioned <laughs> on my short list of people yeah. I fucking hate. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah, but like. That type of stuff, I can understand. But to say, like, your opinion of a game, if Daniel... Uh, honestly, Jedi Fallen Order might be the best uh, best way to kind of do this, is because it did have difficulty modes. So, you playing it on the easiest and I played it on the the second or the third most difficult level, yeah. you and I both had the same experience. I just yeah. wanted a more challenging game because that's just the way I play the games. I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima on the hard mode. row he made a he made a joke about like the standoffs like him and I were laughing about that that's just the way that I am choosing to play this game it in no way says that Roro has a biased opinion because he played it easier than I did that makes no sense he played the same game yeah all he did was just play it at his comfortability level yeah and probably
3: enjoyed it more because of it right like that's the that's the the weird thing with with this whole shebang is that he's it's it's you're you're playing the game on easy therefore your uh criticisms are worthless well what about other people who play it on easy and also the people who play it on hard will probably enjoy the game on hard so even yeah you know i mean like and that's the thing is that there's so there's so much to dissect here because it's like i don't i've not read not that i know of maybe i have uh without realizing it but i haven't read this woman's work before Does she spend a lot of time talking about difficulty in a review or does she spend a lot of time talking about gameplay mechanics and narrative and uh, production value and voice acting? In which case, Colin, the difficulty matters very little in that review. Like there's so many angles to talk here and it all just comes back to, again, he's got this weird martyr kink where he likes to set himself on fire and have his fan base extinguish him and say like, oh, look at how burnt I am. Look at look what the game industry has done to me. And it's. It's so tiring, and it's and kind of uh, similar to what Sean was saying, because, like, the the really upsetting part for me is that uh, uh, contrary to our side of Twitter, Colin Moriarty is an extremely talented video game reviewer and writer. His pieces on IGN back in the day, he, like, anyone who says that he's not a talented writer is an idiot because he's mm-hmm. very thoughtful in what he writes, but unfortunately, he's just the great schism, if you will, of uh, of kind of funny. Uh, he decided to just lean fully into what people were accusing him of, which is Hmm. just being very inflammatory and, you know... um, He was
1: one of my favorite reviewers back in the... Like, I love Greg's personality but ever since Uncharted three I could not get behind him on any reviews
3: <laughs> I, I, for more so for me it was it was just the balance of kind of funny I, I I loved the balance I loved the straight I loved Greg he was you know had the wild man energy and Colin was the straight man and for mm-hmm. somebody like me who 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 grew up uh you know my nana with my nana uh forcing british comedy down my throat as a kid like that's that was exactly my thing i loved it there was a great balance that kind of funny and i do i do miss i I don't say miss those days but i appreciate those days for what they were i'm not i'm not gonna not watch old content just because he's in it because i do think he brought a good balance there but he has in in recent years yeah just fully leaned into this persona that everyone has given him and therefore this cycle comes full circle because now he actually is an (laughs) asshole even though he said he never was yeah, because he's just trying to make a point. And unfortunately, it harms the conversation that needs to be had, because I actually do think there's a there is a discussion for video game uh, journalism and ethics and all that stuff. And there are some issues with games not being covered because so and so worked on them or the Harry Potter dev who uh, I can't even I can't remember what he did. It was so small and, and and irrelevant, but he he left his job after somebody found out that he had liked an anti SJW video in 2016 or something something small like he, that and i think he had uh, an account that uploaded that stuff oh, okay so yeah. He, uh, yeah so he had opinions that people didn't like and therefore yeah. we need to force him out of game development even though he was an integral part to this project like i do think there's a conversation to be had there and even uh, going as far back as kingdom come deliverance certain websites just refusing to cover it because there wasn't enough uh, minorities in uh, medieval poland like there there's definitely a conversation to be had here but the problem is, is that the people the loudest people that want to talk about this just happen to be really inflammatory and and don't do anybody any good so
0: yeah and and like somebody somebody mentioned uh, politics and I was like this isn't even really politics based <laughs> like we all have different politics here like uh, we don't talk about them Sean and I have different politics views but uh the 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 thing that matters is like what he's saying like i i've always been of the mindset of like what makes sense and what doesn't make sense and like that's why i don't really align myself with a certain political party i just like i'm i'm like this makes sense to me this doesn't and that's why right you know i i don't know yeah there there's just some shitty people in the world (laughs) and i feel like colin is one of them in my opinion and uh, <laughs> and it's been that way ever since I will tell you I thought he was okay at IGN when they started kind of funny I went on there one time and they were talking about news and I dropped a little news story about halo because I was like, Oh yeah, there's a cool new halo story. Did you guys see this? And he just fuck, he literally, he purposely picked out my comment and just shit on me. And it made me so mad. And I literally, I was like, I'm not supporting that man anymore (laughs) because yeah, he basically said like, halo is irrelevant and we don't talk about that. And it's like, Oh, okay. We'll see ya. But uh, yeah, he d- he definitely had the dry man humor. Again, I think it depends yeah. on what you grew up with because that did
3: work for me. Like, there would be times where somebody would mention Canada and he would just be like, Canada's irrelevant, doesn't matter. And like, somebody might get offended. Somebody like me would be like, uh, just because of what I'm used to. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, yeah. Just for whatever reason. that Yeah. So I, I could see that. But I think,
0: intended, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, really. Um, I hate i hate it um but yeah no, he's definitely he definitely is not doing anything to dispel his criticisms which is that like first of all stop fucking keeping people's profiles yeah. in the picture that you're quote tweeting like that's something that i don't think there's any debate for like just stop he's been he's been told that so many times and he still does it and like acts like i don't know what all the hubbub's about like well yeah. you just you just tweeted some you just quote tweeted a, a, a picture of somebody who's got you know Three thousand followers, and you've got you know thirty or forty or a hundred, however many you have. And what do you think's going to happen? Right? Like yeah. again, I don't think creators are responsible for the actions of their fans in the slightest. Uh, but you can definitely take the necessary steps to cut down on any of that nonsense. And he refuses to at every step. So that part, I I wholly disagree with his wording. Yeah. Disagree with. He's got a point in there somewhere that needs to be talked about. But again, not on Twitter, not in two hundred and eighty characters. For sure, for sure.
2: I just want to mention one quick thing because yeah. I think Sean touched upon it and it made me think about this. I'm not sure if Sean actually just straight out said this, but I, I agree that if the viewers or the people who make the game want and are giving the game for review to an outlet or something like that, if they want you to play on a certain difficulty, they'll tell you. Right? They're like, you have to play this on normal. You have to play this on on hard. And if it doesn't matter, they won't tell you. And I think that's that's where it maybe should stop and end with this conversation. If the developers want you to play on hard and the reviewers have to play on hard, then the reviewers have to play on hard. But if it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. And then the opinion of the reviewer still matters yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't matter uh, what difficulty you play on. I feel like, I, I think I've heard this before. I'm not sure. I, I haven't reviewed anything for an outlet before, but I'm pretty sure if there is specific instructions the developers will give you them. So I feel like even with that, what Colin's saying is just out the
0: window. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: You just always stop going after females in games, too. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, 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 that's kind of the nice thing with them. Like I said, I respect him professionally. Um, Gage, I thought you you said it well, that he's incredibly articulate, like a mastery with words. But, I mean, you could say the same thing about Ben Shapiro. Uh, any of those yeah, old, yeah, you're right, yeah, people that they are a master of words. And I'm not, I'm not trying to go after his conservatism at all, but you could say people that inflame situations are definitely people that can speak well. I mean, it, it just makes sense with how popular you are, but he also does like to attack people that don't have the base to defend themselves,
3: absolutely. And that's the thing being articulate and being quote unquote right or like, you know, um. Rational are two completely different things because, yeah, Ben Shapiro, fucking my opinions aside of what I think of him, he's an extremely talented uh, speaker and nobody can dispute that. I mean, people will because people again want to go after whoever, but that's fine. But yeah, no, Colin Moriarty is is extremely articulate and that's the that's the problem is that he knows he is and therefore everything he says. Hold some sort of weight to him and to his audience, but it's like no, just because it's worded really well doesn't mean that the point is accurate or you know anything like that. And this is and this is my final point I'll make about this, which really kind of grinds my gears, is that Colin Moriarty. I'm, I'm assuming nothing's changed from when I've last heard of him, but his whole thing is that games media not only is there an issue in it, and I I agree with that with some with some extent but his whole thing is that games media is dying and that these these uh, sites like Kotaku and Polygon are losing viewerships. So then why are you going after the reviewers? What does it matter if if, if they're dying, right? Because And I think he maybe has a point there, too, where I am somebody who I have a few YouTubers who I know like similar games that I like, so I will go to them. And I'm sure most people have the same thing. They have two or three reviewers that they'll go to. So why are you picking this random reviewer with a really small fan base... Again, keeping her profile uh, at in the picture and going after her while also saying that these publications are dying and nobody reads them. So then why are you even bringing it up at all? Like again, like like Sean said, he's just inflammatory. He likes he likes the drama. It doesn't matter how talented he is or what he used to do. This is what he's kind of descended into and it's yeah. it's super upsetting because again, he has a, he has some some ideas that I do think need to be Uh, talked about in the gaming space but unfortunately it's this is the mouthpiece for it so they get
0: dismissed right away and just to sum this last little bit up about the the politics issue like Ben Shapiro is like far right and then like there's plenty of people far left far right that they're the problems in the political world and, and that's that's why we have so much you know divisiveness in this country because you have this and you have this you don't have this so yeah yeah it's the same thing here. I feel like that uh you you just have somebody who's just stuck in his ways and he's way over here somewhere and uh yeah, he won't have any of it, I guess <laughs> but uh, anything else you guys wanna discuss before we close out this long show we had today <laughs> any anybody at all? nobody no I,
2: I'm good
0: <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Roro. Thank you, Gage. Thank you, Sean. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love and keep on gaming. Deuces.
3: You know what, Dan?
2: Thank you.